Hi, we're back with another episode of Getting to Know You, and joining me today is Dr. Carrie Coughlin. Dr. Coughlin is an assistant professor of dermatology at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. She's also the director of Pediatric Dermatology Fellowship and the director of Pediatric Dermatology. She has been an active member of PEDRA from close to the very beginning and has served on many committees. She's currently chairing the Outcomes Committee and is serving on the Meetings and Studies Committees too. She's also leading the Skin Tumors and Reactions to Cancer Therapies Focused Study Group. Thanks so much for being with me today, Dr. Coughlin. It's great to talk with you. Great. So um, just to get everybody started, kind of give us your background and how you got involved in pediatric dermatology and research. How did you come to this field? Well, I decided a little late in medical school that I was interested in pediatric dermatology uh, because like many people, I wasn't exposed early on and first knew that I wanted to do something with pediatrics. So then started trying out subspecialties and fortunately was able to rotate with Susie Bayless during my fourth year of medical school and that sealed the deal. Um, So I applied and fortunately at that last minute um, was able to secure a spot at WashU. And I mean, I knew, I knew right from the beginning that it was going to be pedsderm. So there was no question during derm residency um, what the, what the future would be. And I'm an academic at heart, I would say. So academics was definitely going to be the landing place. Um, With that, I think research is a a natural extension of that kind of curiosity and wanting to continue to learn. Mm. And so that seemed like a good fit. And WashU definitely encourages research. I did my fellowship at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and there was a research component there. Albert Yan was great. He contacted me before fellowship began and said, hey, we've got a grant. Do you want to do this study? Sure. Um, So it worked out really well. That's so great that you were able to come into your fellowship and sort of hit the ground running right away on a project. Yep, it made the transition really smooth, and we already had kind of buy-in from collaborators, so I was able to, to really get the project done during fellowship. Of course, it took a while to actually publish, um, but tis the way. Can you talk about your area of focus? I, I would like to be able to talk about one area, but I am somebody who's interested in a few different things. So I'm investigating a few different subjects right now. Uh, first, we were fortunate to win one of the PEDRA research grants this last cycle. And so I'll be working with a medical student at WashU who's going into dermatology, Umber Dube, um, and with John Husel in our genomics lab, looking at the genetics of pyogenic granulomas. Um, So that is exciting to be getting off the ground. And then I'm interested in broadly in care of children who are immunosuppressed or at risk for or have cancer, and hence the the interest in the Stark Focus Study Group. Um, Through that, I started working in a pediatric melanoma and nevus clinic at Mm -hmm. WashU and then have had more exposure to people with multiple medium, large, and giant congenital nevi. And so I'll be working on a project coming up soon, funded by the Dermatology Foundation, looking at shared decision-making for patients who have large, giant, and multiple congenital monocytic nevi. Wow. So that really just really kind of informs your leadership of the Stark group, I'm sure. Can you talk a little bit more about what the group is doing and where it headed? Definitely. So the group was founded by Jen Wong, and she has provided excellent leadership. She and and Larry Eichenfield really made the group strong um, and cohesive and really put forth a few early projects, and it has since grown. 
Right now we have projects going on react specific reactions to cancer therapies, looking at um, MEK inhibitors. Mm -hmm. And then we have some new projects that are being developed around um, pigmented lesions, as well as kind of thinking outside the box. So the, the skin tumors group doesn't just have to be malignant tumors, can be benign tumors or can mm -hmm. be reactions to possibly to treatment or to the tumors themselves. Um, so have some folks that are looking at Langerhans histiocytosis as well. But it's a group that's really uh, a nice one to propose studies in because people are, are welcome to bounce ideas off one another and, and projects can kind of grow. Um, things that started you know, five years ago are still having spinoff projects now. So it's been really fruitful to see that the work that's put in early on can kind of continue um, to produce results down the line. I love that you use that word fruitful because I think that's really, there seems to have been this evolution in the PEDRA work groups lately with transitioning into these more focused work groups and we've had some leadership changes in them. And it just sounds like the work that was done five years ago, like you said, has been really fruitful. And I think that's a really great way of describing how many more projects are coming up and how you have all started thinking outside the box now in the work groups. I think it's, it's really exciting to watch. Yes, it's, it's been neat because we even have folks now looking at, at prospective studies and, and really working to get those off the ground and kind of blazing the trail on the logistics to make future studies easier for folks to get off the ground. And so that's been a, a, a nice progression from all retrospective to mm -hmm. mm, thinking midway and then really going prospective with some work. Yeah, and that's sort of a great lead-in for my next question. Um, with the work that the groups are doing, and now this transition from retrospective to prospective, how is PEDRA changing the research landscape? Well, PEDRA has really forged good relationships for folks. I mean, it was a, a place to come together and really solidify working relationships. So there's, you know, people that you would see at meetings, but this has been a way to really bring people to work together more closely. PEDRA's support, clearly the financial support for grants, but also some of the infrastructure in terms of thinking about the logistics of working in multi-cell collaborations and the forward thinking of, oh, statistics has been a stumbling block for people. How can we make it easier for people? Is it just that they need some just-in-time funding to be able to pay for that support? And so, so PEDRA has been helpful for that. And I think also kind of pushing us to be better researchers. You go to a meeting, you see the great work that other people are doing and you think, mm -hmm. how can I bring some of what they brought to that project to my work and how can I move the field forward? And mm -hmm. Pedra's great with the different relationships between patient groups um, and the researchers as well to really push us to think um, more holistically about the research as well. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. You mentioned, you know, how the work gets done at the Pedra meetings and, and it is neat. There just seems to be this sort of natural membership or mentorship amongst all of everyone. I mean, it's so collegial, but then everybody is just so open-minded and willing to, to pick up these little nuggets of, of great wisdom or follow some examples that have been successful. And also everybody's talking about their failures and how things didn't go right and just sharing knowledge on how they overcame them. And that just adds so much strength to the field in, in my opinion. Well, it does. It helps, it helps lift everybody up when you exactly. can say what you've had to do to troubleshoot for a project. And maybe you decided that that actually is not the research direction that you want to go in in the future, but how you came to that and what you learned from that can help people either a 
jump over those potholes in the future or B, say, oh, I would exactly have that same experience. Yes, I will pivot and I can take advantage of some other opportunity at my institution or within PEDRA and, and put my focus there. Absolutely. So you're sort of uniquely positioned to really think about the future of PEDRA and the research as the chair of the outcomes committee. Could you talk a little bit more about the work that that committee is doing and why it's important? Definitely. The main projects that we have across the year are the looking at abstracts and kind of putting together poster sessions and really trying to promote our members' work that way. Mm -hmm. Those have been kind of the traditional functions of the committee. And then we're also looking, similar to what studies has looked at, as to what are ways that we can help people know what support PEDRA can offer, as well as how can we promote our work outside of pediatric dermatology and dermatology. Um, so we're working right now on a, a research toolkit that will make some of the questions that people have about, well, how do I get to the finish line? Mm -hmm. How do I acknowledge PEDRA? How do, what do I do when I'm thinking about XYZ? That's going to be easily available for folks and promoted a bit. And then we also think about, well, we know what each other is doing, but are there other places where we should be presenting our work? Mm -hmm. So looking at other meetings and other organizations that PEDRA members can reach out to or partner with or present at their meetings to really get pediatric dermatology into the minds of, of folks in other specialties. Oh, I love that. I mean, getting, getting pediatric dermatology on the minds of people outside of our immediate field is so valuable. And we have guest speakers that come into the conference every year that are from outside areas. And I just, I always see the inspiration going off around the room. And it's so important to bring our work outward and to bring other fields inward. I definitely agree. And I think one of the things that Pedro has done in terms of promoting the consensus grants and consensus papers is, is kind of another facet of that of kind of bringing together the field of pediatric dermatology and bringing experts together and saying, hey, these are the ways that we should approach this. These are the ways that we should do these investigations and, and bringing up gaps in care that open up more doors for future research. So within Stark, for example, um, we have um, Elena Pope and Alan Zulinov that are working on a consensus project on mycosis fungoides. So rare disease in children, but one that we as pediatric dermatologists encounter and could really use some treatment guidelines and management guidelines and, and to be able to pull in experts um, that can then kind of put forth recommendations so that people who are not, you know, in cities that are readily accessible to having pediatric subspecialists like us, that they can pull on those guidelines and actually treat these children better. That just dovetails so nicely into my next question. Like, what messages do you have that you'd like to share with patients um, or parents and advocates who are joining up with PEDRA and participating in the work and the research? I'd emphasize that we do recognize that the patient perspective is important and actually I would say not just important but vital to their research. Mm -hmm. The whole goal of being a pediatric dermatologist is to make kids skin better, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you don't know the priorities of the people that you are treating or trying to help, you're not actually helping them as well as you could be. Um, so the patient input and advocate input is, is vital and that then helps us learn more and then produce research that's actually you know, more valuable to the community. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Dr. Coughlin, one last question before I let you go today. What do you find most rewarding about your career? I, I guess I could answer that a couple ways. I, I think of what I find the most fun, and that's when you're in a, a patient encounter and, and the child just does something so totally, totally off the wall that everyone in the room starts laughing. <laughs> so that's, that's the fun part. I'd, I'd say the most rewarding part is when you can treat someone's skin and because of that, they are happier and are more interested in kind of going out into the world and interacting more with their peers than they used to be before. So I find that um, very rewarding. Absolutely. Got to be the main reason, right? Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being with me today, Dr. Coughlin. It has been absolutely wonderful getting to know you. And thank you so much for all of your work and time that you devote to Pedro. We couldn't do it without you. Well, thanks very much. And I, I love being a part of Pedra. And so I am happy for Pedra's support as well. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Getting to Know You. It was great having Dr. Coughlin here. Make sure you check out more episodes on the Pedra app, which you can download from the Apple App Store or Google. You can also check us out on Twitter at Pedra Research. And you can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. And don't forget to watch these videos on YouTube.